Spencer Speaks Sports Wednesday episode on a Thursday now. I'm recording this like, I don't know, this is after, we're after midnight now. And uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to do Monday, Thursday, Friday this week. But you had the NFL schedule come out today and <clears throat> very um, intriguing matchups, of course, as always, week by week here. I think uh, what I'll do is give you my favorite matchups for for from each week of all 18 weeks and just kind of do it that way there's probably a bunch of different ways i could kind of analyze it but that's that's what i'll do and then obviously a little bit later probably in a couple weeks i'll go into the actual wins and losses of what i think like a more of a schedule breakdown and then yeah do something like that maybe i'm not sure but for now i'm just going to highlight the matchups i think or the matchups i really want to check out i'm going to try to get rid of patriots bias here but um who knows i may be able to um may not be able to avoid it in in certain weeks but we'll see um so week one you have I think the the matchup I'm liking here is the Steelers at the Bills. Now you also have Dallas at Tampa Bay, Cleveland at Kansas City, and then Miami at New England. But um, I re- I'm always intrigued by the Steelers and Buffalo, uh, the Steelers and Bills uh, matchup. And I don't know, maybe just because they're they're very very close on the map. Um, just the the quick drive up 90 there, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh yeah, it's it's just a, it will be a good week one matchup to watch there. Um, a good start to the season, no doubt. Uh, week two, I got. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Kansas City at Baltimore Sunday Night Football. They these teams played each other. What was it like week three of Monday Night Football last season? Now they're playing each other early again. This time week two, I got to go with that. Uh, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, and then honorable mention. Probably the uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts there. Uh, Matthew Stafford versus Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. Week three, I was kind of, eh, I guess I um was, was, was battling this one a little bit, but I have to go with the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes there. Um, a very highly contested offensive game I'm seeing with that. Uh, this was, yeah, very close with the Saints at the Patriots. Uh, but I, I just, I, if I had to completely eliminate bias, got to go with LA Chargers at Kansas City. And then I also had the Buccaneers and Rams in there as well. Uh, as an honorable mention, okay, week four, uh, this is obvious, no contest. Uh, Tampa Bay going to New England, Tom Brady coming back to play his former team, of course, and then obviously you have Gronk as well. <laughs> and, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Maybe I'll be at the game. Maybe I won't. But uh, it's going to, either way, TV in person, it's going to be a heck of a game to watch. Week five. Now, this was a battle between the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, and then the Monday night game. And I ended up going with the Bills and Chiefs, Bills at Chiefs. And I'm pretty sure, I, I forgot to mark it down, but I'm pretty sure it is the Sunday night game. Um, 
in Kansas City there or the Monday night game. I have to check. Get that out of my head. But anyway, the other two matchups were the Rams at the Seahawks and then the Colts at the Ravens, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, so it was just a complete toss up. Wasn't really sure who to pick. And uh, I just went, yeah, had to go with the Bills at the Chiefs, the AFC champ uh, rematch there. That's what I went with. And week six, I went, got to go with Dallas at New England uh, with Dak Prescott being back. They played the New England played the Cowboys two seasons ago. And this it was like a really low scoring game. So hopefully there's a little bit more offense this time. And the teams that were uh, the other matchups I was considering were Seattle at Pittsburgh, Buffalo at Tennessee. But with the Cowboys coming to New England, going to be a four that four o'clock game with Buck and Aikman on Fox. So that's that's the one I'm going with. Week seven, I like Kansas City, the Chiefs at the Titans. Uh, honorable mention here was Colts at the 49ers. But uh, having a prolific pass offense like the Chiefs do with Mahomes, and then you have Derrick Henry with the Titans and the, their ability to run the ball, it's a good kind of um, clash to to watch there with the different dynamics on offense. So that's what I went with in week seven. Week eight, you got Patriots at the Chargers. So uh, I think maybe because of just Justin Herbert and and maybe he'll he'll be slightly better um, this time around than he was last season when the Wingle won 45 to nothing. Uh but uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how, obviously, Belichick games plans, how the Chargers play in those <clears throat> first, what would it be, first seven weeks. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's the one I highlighted. And was, uh, the other one was uh, Jacksonville and Seattle with uh, Lawrence and, and Russell Wilson. But uh, I went New England and the Chargers over that. And week nine, I have New England again, this time at Carolina, because Cam Newton would be returning to Carolina for the first time and playing there. Uh, so that's the one that topped my list. I also had Buffalo at Jacksonville, Green Bay at Kansas City, and then the oh, Titans at Rams. And I... um. The Green Bay is interesting because obviously we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the team or not. So that's why I didn't really pick them in a lot of games. You know, um, if I knew for sure that Rodgers would be back for Green Bay, then I probably would have picked them more. Probably would have had them being the top game of the week in, in, in a lot of cases. But I just I just couldn't because you don't know um, exactly what's going on. So I kind of left um, Rodgers, you know, there's this floating. um Obviously, I don't have a strong idea of where he's going to go if it's not Green Bay. So I couldn't be like, "Oh, Rogers is going to be on the Broncos. This is a good game." Now I can't. I couldn't go like that. So, so yeah. So I mean, I, I kind of yeah, kind of left Green Bay shorthanded here. But anyway, Week Ten, I like the Ravens at the Dolphins. This is a Thursday night football game, and. I was, you know, I was looking at it like Cleveland at New England would be good. Seattle at Green Bay. Um, the Rams at, I think it's San Francisco. So 
yeah, it's um, I did, I think that one just uh, I don't know. To me, just carried a little bit more weight, a little bit more intrigue. Week eleven, I got Dallas at Kansas City. Dak Prescott versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, honorable mentions were New England at the Falcons, Colts at the Bills, and then the Cardinals at the Seahawks. All right, week 12, most intriguing to me is Cleveland at Baltimore, Sunday Night Football. Uh, and this was the only one, I think, that, that really stood out to me in week 12. And that's just because of just thinking of that Monday Night Football game from last season between the Browns and the Ravens. Um, with the, 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 that being so high scoring, obviously it's it's unlikely to repeat, but you never know. But uh, th- I mean, that's just seeing a result like that between two teams. You you kind of want to see it again. And let's see, week thirteen. Okay, this was a little bit more interesting to pick, but I had to go with New England at Buffalo Monday Night Football, and then the other two I considered were uh, the Ravens at the Steelers, the Forty ers at the Seahawks. Okay, week 14, I only picked one out of here, just kind of like week 12. Uh, I got Buffalo at Tampa Bay. I, I got because just uh, Brady facing a, a a better Buffalo Bills team now um, is always uh, always has a little bit of intrigue with it. So, um, so that's why I picked that matchup. Week 15, I got the, once again, just like week three, uh, Chiefs and Chargers again. Um, and like I said, Mahomes and Herbert, uh, I just, um, I don't know. I, I, for some reason that's just like really, really, um, I don't know, draws me to, to want to see that matchup. And I also had Tennessee at Pittsburgh and then green Bay at Baltimore. Cause obviously with you rarely, um, I mean, it's like what every four years you see a matchup like green Bay and Baltimore and, and if, especially if it's Rogers and Lamar Jackson, that would be, um, a very cool matchup to see week 16. I got a Thursday night football game and that is between the four of well, the 49ers will be visiting the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I think because the way the 49ers and, and Titans can run the ball just with the, the multiple running backs, the 49ers have, and then obviously Derek Henry being the star piece for the, the Titans offense that, uh, that could be just a, um, a good line of scrimmage battle type of type of game there, um, a, a gritty matchup for sure. And then I also picked out the Christmas Day matchup. This would be Saturday of that week, and it's the Browns at the Packers. So obviously it's a little bit more intriguing if Rodgers plays, but you have two city up north cities in, in Green Bay and, and Cleveland, those two teams playing each other in Lambeau. In, in the in the dead of winter so like i said if that that would that just seems um i don't know that just seems interesting to me and then i also had let's see who are the other honorable mentions the bills at the patriots of course and then the jaguars at the jets and that's obviously because of trevor lawrence and zach wilson the top two overall picks they would are well likely or expected to to play each other then but uh we'll just have to see hopefully none of those two get injured um but uh, yeah we'll just have to see uh and to kind of stick with jacksonville the this is um 
a game I I I really um, am interested to see because of obviously Trevor Lawrence, but Jacksonville at New England, and yeah, it, it's um it would be it's going to be interesting to see how Belichick handles a number one overall pick and 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 what he does to try to stop him. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see if it's a situation like Justin Herbert from last year with the Chargers, or it, it's it gets to be a little bit more competitive, like, say, uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, uh, And then finally, week 18, we got the Steelers at the Ravens. Uh, because week 18, the last week of the season, regardless of how many weeks there are, I mean, this, this year, obviously, there's one more week, one more game. And, uh, yeah, I, I got to go Steelers at Baltimore – one of the better divisional matchups we have in all the league. I also put down the Seahawks at the Cardinals and New England at Miami. Of course, New England can never just avoid those that late season game in Miami. Uh, I think week 18 is what, January 9th? Is that Sunday? So that's, yeah, that's crazy. But uh, it's going to be interesting to have regular season games go that late now. But uh, I guess everybody has to get used to it. So, yeah, so that's what I got. Um, I'm not going to sum these all up because I've listed enough matchups and stuff. But, yeah, just check out the schedule and and make your own predictions as well, of course. Um, I'll be making mine, like I said, probably in yeah, a couple weeks here. Do some do some win-loss totals. I won't go through every, every single matchup. I'll just give you what I have. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. There's how I wanted to break down the schedule and how long was this? Way too long. But anyway, um, on with the rest of the podcast. All right, on Friday, I'm gonna get more into the uh, specifics of the of the Rome tennis tournaments for both the men's and the women's tour. But for now, I, I mean, this I kind of this is like a little sad because you have no american men tennis players in the top 30 in the world and that's the first time that's ever happened in the existence of the atp or tennis world rankings whatever uh, they were they were called before that but um so since yeah 1979 the ranking system the world's ranking system was in place for tennis and this is the first time ever that American man hasn't been in the top 30. It is, it's kind of, yeah, like I said, it's kind of sad that not even John Isner can hang in the top 30 anymore. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's it's not terrible. You still have like Taylor Fritz just outside the top 30, but still, it's not good. You want someone at least in like the top 25. But anyway, so uh, you got to hope for Riley Opelka. He can just just get out of the slump he's in. He's he's doing better this week in Rome. You hope he can finally break through and and get into the top thirty. Taylor Fritz is just on the outside, and John Isner. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be doing for the rest of his career. I mean, he's like what 34, 35 years old. So he's getting towards the end, and and we need that next young american superstar or I, don't, I don't know about superstar but next young american talent to to get up into the top the top 20 hopefully at some point um i think we i think 
there should be an ability for somebody to do that. But um, I don't know. Who knows? I don't think it's um, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle um, for for a few years probably. But eventually, we should have somebody. Heck, Sebastian Corda. Come on, this is somebody in 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 American tennis on the men's side. The women's side is doing much better, but on the on the on the men's side, really needs some improvement here. Um, and like I said, I'll go over the rest of the uh, the Rome matchups for for Friday's episode. All right. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> good transition here. Uh, the Boston Celtics have now lost. Let's see what do we got four in a row. And they played Wednesday night. They played the Ke- Cleveland Cavaliers who have lost 11 straight. And the Celtics managed to lose 102 to 94. So they're just uh, carrying all that negative momentum into the play. Well, not technically not even the playoffs yet the play-in tournament so they are now going to be in the play-in tournament they're likely going to play charlotte or indiana uh, i doubt washington washington is probably just going to stay at the 10 and have to play um the worst of charlotte or indiana but um so yeah so you would hope that at they win and just get the seventh seed. Uh, but then you also have to <laughs> be like, oh, well, they're, they're playing Brooklyn in, in the first round in that case, or most likely at this point, if you're looking at the standings. So, and uh, yeah, it, the fact that Jalen Brown's now out for the season does not help anything. Uh, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker have to just go crazy on offense because the defense just, I don't know. It's, it's so weird because if the offense is really good and it seems like the, the defense just falters completely, at least in these recent games where we're just giving up what the, against Miami, they gave up, I think, 55 plus percent shooting in both of those games on it was Sunday and then Tuesday. They were given, yeah, like 57 and 59 percent, something ridiculous from the field uh, against Miami. And then obviously that's no um, no pattern or or trend to have to get you into the win column so i think they have two games left so hopefully i mean you get a win against minnesota for heaven's sakes the what minnesota's like 14th in the west so if they don't win that game and then they lose to the knicks in their in their season finale like and, and they have six losses in a row i mean I'm, i can't be too confident even in the play-in uh, let alone against brooklyn when they may have durant Harden and Irving back in the lineup and their defense cannot handle that. They don't have, they just, I don't think they have it to be able to, to match them offensively. Uh, but like I said, the Jalen Brown thing definitely killed momentum for sure. Uh, and like I said, they just need the other guys to step up at this point. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not looking great. Like I said, the luck has, even even on Monday, I said the luck has run out already. But um, let's see what else are they three and seven in the last ten games? Yeah, it's just not not good. What's going on here? But um, the good I got I got some hope. I got some promise for another Boston team, the Boston Bruins, because they start their playoff series on Saturday. I'll get a little bit more into that on Friday's episode. But uh, tomorrow. I guess today, technically Thursday, I will be getting or starting the, the the hockey playoff beard, right? I will be clean shaven, fresh haircut, and we're just going to grow it out for as long as the Bruins stay in the playoff. And hopefully I will be 
a a a scruffy mess when they are lifting the Stanley Cup trophy in a month or two. So that that is the goal that I'm trying to get here with with that with that playoff beard and that's the goal of every hockey player with a playoff beard except it's me and I'm a fan. So because I I don't trust the Celtics at this point. I, I need to rely on the Bruins and um and and that. So uh, what else? Oh, and the Yankees, of course. The Yankees are in their obviously still early in the regular season for MLB. But unlike the Celtics, actually they're the complete opposite of what the Celtics are doing. The Yankees have won four in a row now, and they have completely uh, because, like I said a couple weeks ago, man, it was not looking good. Historically bad offensive start for the Yankees, but they have turned it around real quick to where they are now twenty and sixteen, and only a game back a game back of the Boston Red Sox for first place in the AL East. I believe they are currently, the Yankees are fifth in the American League, and they are behind, I think, the Chicago White Sox, Oakland A's, who else? Cleveland Indians, and then obviously the Red Sox. So they have turned it around real quick. Uh, no fear. The Yankees are here. And what what else did I want to when I was looking at the standings? What else? Um, oh, the National League. I'm very surprised that the I'm pretty sure the San Francisco Giants have the best record in the entire MLB at like 22 and 14. So that's kind of surprising because after San Francisco won the three World Series in 2010, 2012, 2014, I think the years were uh, where there was like an on year and an off year, pretty much. They, yeah, were out of the playoffs for the past probably at least three seasons, I think. And but they're finally back and and playing very well, obviously. And so you have the Giants and the Cardinals, I think, set are second in the National League. And then you have the Mets, the New York Mets, who have have a um, a, a spending happy owner and Steve Cohen, who got Francisco Lindor to come to the team from the Cleveland Indians. And the Mets have won now seven in a row, and they just took out, I think it was the Orioles on Wednesday, and, and former Mets pitcher Matt Harvey, who's pitching for Baltimore now, uh, gave him the loss. So the Mets are on a roll, yeah, longest winning streak in the league right now. They're yeah, a better streak than the Yankees at this point. Uh, so, and the Mets are also first in the, in the NL East as well. So, yeah, it's... um. It's kind of a little bit surprising to me that you have teams like the Giants and the Mets up at the top of the National League. But of course, the MLB season is is a very, very long season. And I think we're about just under a quarter of the way through the season. So like there's just still still a lot, a lot left, 75 to 80 percent of the season left and a lot can change. So uh, but the thing that I think is going to continue a trend is the Los Angeles Angels and the fact that Mike Trout is probably going to have another season to where he's not going to get appreciated and recognized as much as he should uh, based on how talented he is. He'll probably, I'm thinking, win the AL MVP. Uh, he He has like a 355 batting average right now, which is third in all of Major League Baseball. His wins above replacement is second in all the league so he's just doing mike trout things of course 
but you have the Angels who are five games under 500 right now. I believe they're 15 and 20. You have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, uh, you know, putting on a show pretty much. And there's they just don't have the team to support that talent and and the team that will be able to get a bunch of wins and be in the playoffs. Like I said, we're only a fourth of the way through, so things can change. But just based on history with Trout being part of the team and what the Angels only being in the playoffs once or, or getting like one playoff series win with Mike Trout on the team or whatever, whatever the heck that stat is, basically they've been limited a lot into the playoffs they they've they've barely been there and they've rarely been successful in mike's trout's era um with the los angeles angels so you hopefully if you're an angels fan there's not a situation where mike trout just wants to like get up and leave at a certain point because he's tired of not having any team success but uh, that's something that we'll have to see but he signed up massive massive contract so you wonder how many years into the contract are you like why the heck did i sign this contract but um i think i think trout does trust the franchise i guess and uh hopes they the organization can build around him and shohei or whoever else is a star player there in in enough time The thing I want to close with the Forbes highest paid athlete list. And I was surprised by number one. Or should I go like up? Should I go from five to to one? Sure, why not? Five to one. All right, here we go. So number five was LeBron James at ninety-six and a half million dollars. <laughs> and sixty-five of that uh ninety-six point five million were on endorsements. And that makes sense i think um lebron is never one to like completely go after the highest paid athlete salary deal um obviously he still gets his he still gets his fair share but uh yeah that that doesn't surprise me i guess just the especially his with his endorsement with nike all right number four this was also kind of a surprising but then i when looking back at it i guess not uh, but Dak Prescott at number four, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, <laughs> has ninety-seven and a half million dollars just on salary and football money, and then another ten million in endorsements, which puts him up at one hundred seven point five million dollars. But yeah, he had a huge signing bonus, and then he also had. Um, just obviously a base salary as well to where he had a ton of money up front and that's why you get that 97 and a half million dollars next not surprising because they've been on the list for forever year after year uh leo messi and cristiano ronaldo <laughs> and leo messi gets a little bit um, i would say well uh, kind of a lot more he gets about 30 million more in in actual soccer money playing money uh, i think it's 97 versus cristiano ronaldo's 70 million dollars but ronaldo is more successful in advertisements and endorsements and, and social media to where he gets 50 million dollars a year just in that and and that puts ronaldo in third at 120 million total and then messi 
at 130 total. And number one, and I, I, I didn't really think about this too much because I, I think I was focusing so much on the, um, the sport part of it. But Conor McGregor <laughs> is number one on the list by $50 million. And I'm like, okay, McGregor has only fought one fight and he got knocked out by Poirier, by Dustin Poirier. But in that fight, he did make $22 million, apparently, or a report or whatever. But then you <laughs> but then you add the $158 million in endorsements and sponsors and all that. And a big portion of that obviously comes from his uh, whiskey company, Proper Number 12 Irish Whiskey. And he sold that business, him and his business partners sold that to... I believe it's Proximo Spirits, uh, and they the main brand, I think, for Proximo Spirits is uh, Jose Cuervo. But they sold Proper 12 to Proximo for $600 million. So that's probably where a lot of that endorsement money is coming from, from that deal that he just made to sell it to Proximo. So that probably gets a decent amount of that 158 million dollars but that is still ridiculous um how much money mcgregor is making and just just for fighting one time and and being the being the character he is uh it, it it pays him well and as you can tell from these top five they are not struggling in the pandemic <laughs> by no means um i think they're they're doing pretty well from themselves um after after the the year we've had and i think this was out of the top five, but number seven, I found this to be a little intriguing as well. Uh, Roger Federer, uh, the first tennis player on the list, or the highest paid tennis player on the list, he barely played last year. And I'm pretty sure his winnings or, or his, his tennis uh, money was around $30,000. So that tells you how limited he he was last se- last uh, tennis season before he took a long break off for for covid and 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 other um and just taking time to do off season surgeries and stuff like that but uh he makes 90 million in in endorsements and that's what bring that's that's his total that's 90 million so federer is 7th on the list just in endorsements last year he was actually the highest paid in in the entire world i think it was oh geez probably like 106 uh million dollars i think he topped the list at if i'm not mistaken but uh but yeah even just on endorsements roger federer is the seventh highest paid athlete in in the uh in the world so that's kind of crazy so all right that's all i got that's how we're going to end the episode we are nearing episode 70. This was episode 69. And then at the end of this week, 70 episodes will be completed. So that's um, that's pretty cool. Just uh, just another uh, milestone by the tens here. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. And I will be back, I, yeah, I guess, tomorrow, Friday. <laughs>